Hi, welcome to the Emotional Stuff Podcast, hosted by Dr. Marcus Motley, clinical psychologist and positive psychology coach. Here you'll get powerful stories, techniques, strategies, tips, and targeted recommendations on how to effectively deal with anger, sadness, grief, anxiety, jealousy, fear, and other minor, major, intensely difficult, and disempowering emotions. Listen to the Emotional Stuff Podcast, read our blog, and begin to heal your hurt, manage your emotions, deal effectively with difficult people, handle stress better, and fully empower yourself to change and grow in the ways that you really want to. Dr. Motley helps you to remove the emotional chains that are shackling you. Hello, this is Marcus Motley with another episode of the Emotional Stuff Podcast. This is a show where we discuss the best tips, techniques, and strategies on how to deal with your emotional stuff. We talk about how not to let your emotional stuff derail you or deter you or put you on a detour from your destiny or weaken your resolve to maximize your potential. And most importantly, we talk about how to use your emotions to empower yourself, to connect with others, to make positive changes, and to get what you deeply desire from your life. Almost daily, I receive an email from someone who wants more information on anxiety or depression. Now, this might be hard to believe since all one has to do is to do a Google search, and then hundreds of results pop up on your phone, tablet, or computer. I finally figured out that it isn't really information these people need. What they're asking for is a push. They want to be motivated and motivated to get help for themselves or someone else. They need moral and emotional support. So please keep this in mind while listening to this podcast. People need help now with these devastating health problems. They need your support. So this podcast is for you, not because you have a mood disorder, but because you may need the information that will push you to help someone else. In the past 15 years, the number of people seeking treatment for mood and depression in the US has doubled to more than 30 million a year. And 10% of people in the US experience a mood disorder each year, while 45% of those people will have severe symptoms. And about 14% of youth between ages 13 and 18 will have a mood disorder. About 80% of people who have symptoms of depression are not being treated. And the leading cause of disability in the U.S. for people between the ages of 18 and 44 is major depressive disorder, or simply major depression. Now, that's bad news. But what is worse, in my mind, is that according to recent research, for people who went to the doctor, 90% of them left their doctor's office with a prescription for antidepressants. Now, to be clear, this is 90% of patients who were complaining of something bordering on a psychological problem. Now, as a clinical psychologist, it is downright frightening to me that prescription drugs have become the treatment of choice instead of psychotherapy and other less dangerous and more effective therapies. And let me adjust that a little. Prescription drugs have become the first line of treatment for people with depression and other mood disorders. 
even a combination of drug therapy and psychotherapy would be less noxious in my mind. But let me hasten to add that people do need treatment and they do need expert intervention, whatever that intervention is. We are in a bad mood epidemic. So let me put a little different emphasis on that. We are in a bad mood epidemic. We are also in a terrible pharmaceutical drug epidemic and crisis. We need other ways of treating people for this exploding mental health disorder. One in four women will have a severe or major mood and depression disorders in their lifetime. For men, it is one in eight. And almost 40 million Americans each year suffer from SAD. What is SAD? SAD is Seasonal Affective Disorder. SAD. Now, this means that during the fall and winter months, when days are shorter, there's less daylight, the nights are longer, and in many places, it is definitely colder. During those times, people's moods take a nosedive. One in five Americans are depressed or unhappy, and they report high levels of stress, anxiety, and sadness. And internationally, 130 million plus people have been diagnosed with mood and depression disorders, while countless others remain undiagnosed because of low access to mental health services. In most countries, attitudes towards mental health problems range from denial, stigma, and discrimination to psychological and even criminal abuse. Depression can affect a person's ability to work and thereby destroy their quality of life. At their most severe, mood and depression disorders can lead to suicide and are responsible for almost one million deaths worldwide every year. People need help. One of the downsides to getting them help is a lack of knowledge of signs and symptoms of mental health disorders. Now, just to be clear about some basics... A sign is what other people notice, and symptoms are the internal changes that only the individual can identify. So, for example, family members may notice that the individual is sleeping 18 hours each day. That is a sign. The individual may experience deep feelings of lethargy and a decreasing interest in things around him or her. That is a symptom. So how do you know if you need help? Or how do you know if someone needs help? Now, answer some of the questions below. And here's a caution. The questions that I'm going to ask are not clinically diagnostic questions. They are being shared as information only and to provide you an incentive to get additional information on mood and depression disorders from other sources. 1. Do you have a tendency to be negative, to see the glass as half empty rather than half full? Do you often experience a dark mood and pessimistic thinking? 3. Do you really dislike the dark, dreary weather, or is your mood triggered by a fall-winter depression? 4. Are you often worried and anxious? 5. Do you often feel guilty, critical of yourself, have low self-esteem, or suffer from a lack of confidence? 6. Is your drive, optimism, and motivation perpetually low? 7. Do you have difficulty concentrating and focusing, and is your willpower low 
and perpetually low. Eight, are you easily upset, frustrated, irritated, and snappy while under stress? Nine, do you often feel moody, pressured, stressed, uptight, overburdened, and that you don't have enough time to complete your tasks? Ten, do you tend to avoid painful issues or situations where you will experience painful emotions? Eleven, have you experienced a great deal of emotional pain and hurt? Twelve, do you have the feeling that your emotional health needs to be boosted? Thirteen, do you have a lot of crying spells? Fourteen, do you have intermittent mental confusion, forgetfulness, and difficulty concentrating? If you answered yes to six or more of the questions, then you might consider getting more information on how you can move to better emotional and mental health. Such information might help you avoid the nightmare of having to use prescription drugs to treat your condition for the rest of your life. Or at least, this will give you the information that will help you to make a decision to get expert help for yourself or for someone else. I also suggest that you first get a thorough medical checkup to make sure that you are physically healthy. After your medical, you should see a clinical psychologist for a diagnosis. If there are no clinical psychologists in your location, then you should see a psychiatrist for a diagnosis. Now, what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a clinical psychologist? A psychiatrist is a medical doctor who has studied how to treat psychological disorders. A psychiatrist can prescribe medication and spend most of their time doing diagnoses and assisting their patients on medication management. They focus more on medication therapy and less on psychotherapy. A clinical psychologist is an expert on providing psychotherapy in the treatment of both emotional and mental disorders. A clinical psychologist can also conduct diagnoses, but does not prescribe medication. In the best of all worlds, a patient should have both a psychiatrist and a clinical psychologist who are working together to help him or her. Now let me Stick a pin right here in this moment, right now. Here is a critical piece of advice. If you do get a prescription for your mood disorder, it is crucial that before you leave the doctor's office that you schedule a follow-up within two or three weeks. Why? There may be at least two issues with your medication. First, it may be the wrong medication for your physiology and your problem, and it may have side effects that you cannot deal with. And so the doctor may need to change it and give you something else. Or two, the medication may be okay, but the dosage may be wrong. You may need less or you may need more. In either case, you cannot wait three months before seeing the doctor again. Two to three weeks are enough to know how well it's working, if it's working. The truth is that most people do not seek help for their mood and or depression disorders. These can be progressive and worsen over time when left undiagnosed. Some people wind up having more drastic mood swings or episodes and having them more frequently as time goes on. And if the disorders are not treated, it gets worse. Although it cannot be cured entirely in many cases, 
Managing your symptoms can prevent frequent mood swings and suicidal, destructive behaviors. Many psychiatrists and other medical doctors choose to control bipolar disorder and other depressive disorders using medications such as mood stabilizers, antipsychotics, antidepressants, and anti-anxiety drugs. There is some good news, if we can call it that, and that is that there may be some natural methods which may help. Now, to be truthful, the danger in that idea, however, is that an individual may rely on a natural method that does not work, and he or she may get worse and even die without getting qualified, certified scientific help. So the first step is always to see a qualified, legally certified health, medical, or psychological professional first before starting any treatment regime. Okay, so let's talk about some natural methods. I'm not going to name any specific herbs. For that, you need to do your own research. Now, here are three things that are important as natural interventions. One, get regular exercise, particularly exercise regimens like yoga, tai chi, and HIIT. HIIT stands for high-intensity interval training. Again, do your own research. Two, eat a balanced nutritional diet and use nutritional supplements like the B vitamins and appropriate herbal supplements which are backed by tons of research. Avoid stimulants like caffeine and nicotine. Again, do your own research. Reduce your levels of stress and anxiety naturally by engaging in calming and focusing activities like prayer and meditation. Get a lot of rest each night. Again, do your own research. So finally, it is important to know that people can recover and often do recover from mood and depression disorders. Talk with your family member or friend and try to inspire them to seek professional help. And share this podcast with anyone who you think might benefit or anyone who you know has someone who needs help. If you know anyone who suffers from these debilitating disorders, work with them to get the help they need. And do it now. Hi, thanks for listening to another episode of the Emotional Stuff Podcast, hosted by Dr. Marcus Motley. Listen, if you need private, personalized information, techniques, or strategies that are designed specifically to help you or a friend or a loved one, then please contact Dr. Motley at empowerme at hotmail.com. That's M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E at hotmail.com. Or go to the website at emotionalstuff.com, emotional, S-H-T-U-F-F dot com, and leave a private comment or make a specific confidential request. Remember, you can always contact Dr. Motley for private and confidential coaching and counseling assistance.